So, Will, this is the Valentine's special, I assume. Oh, God, is it? <laughs> I assume so. Uh. It's the closest one to Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Will. And my name's Steve. You haven't got time to read War and Peace. Even if it is one of the greatest novels of all time. 587,000 words. 612 grams. That's the weight of the book. 500 characters. 361 chapters. Three volumes. Two epilogues. And a collection of maps. We're going to summarise all of it for you. This is War and Peace in just seven years. <laughs> William Stevenson, welcome to this week's episode, a special Valentine's edition <laughs> of War and Peace. Oh, wow. in just seven years! Yeah, wow, it's going to be really romantic this week. Turn on or turn up the the candles. Yeah. Oh God, uh, turn them up. Turn them up to full. Pour yourself a bucket of cheap cheap wine and if you've got a significant other or just uh anyone really a plumber anyone or a pet or even an enemy <laughs> sure even an enemy this is this is for you this is for you welcome take a seat and please be quiet <laughs> we're, 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 we're about to begin steve we've got a couple of hellos to say to some okay. new listeners i'll kick us off julia she sent us a couple Hello, of emails. Julia. Hello, Julia. Welcome to the show. Uh, this gets quite confusing now, Steve, because Julia's emailing us yeah. from the past. Oh, yeah. She started at the start, as you would expect. Mm. And now she's on episode, what is it, nine, ten or something like that? Perhaps. Where we're saying no one's got in touch with us. No one's emailing us. And Julia, bless her, reached out because... We begged so much for emails. Julia, thank you. Hello from the future, Julia. Hello from the future. Uh, I'm sure you'll hear this message in years to come when you're old and (laughs) grey. Also, hello to Priscilla, perhaps our first official listener from the Canary Islands. Oh, fantastic. Wow. I mean, I know this is a stupid question, but are there canaries in the Canary Islands? One of us is going to do it. I know it's a stupid question, okay? I just want to know. So I have to ask. Please tell us. Steve, I'm so glad you did the question because all I wanted to do was ask the question myself. Priscilla, be honest. Are you surrounded by canaries? Just tell us. Just a quick yes, no answer. That's (laughs) all we want. Blink once for yes (laughs) and twice for no. All right, then, Will, should we get on with it? Let's just get on with it, yeah? Let's go. Onwards. It's the reading. What is this, 37? What what is this, 37? (laughs) What is this? What is this, huh? Right, then. I'm going to use this time, this reading time, for a bit of scholarly research into the question, is grape shot... Ah, made from of, yeah or gra- of, yeah grapes. grapes 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 yeah Lambeck, Amstetten, and milk. No, it's not made from grapes. Oh, so it was it was good for hurting people. What else is it good for? <laughs> oh, it looks awful. It's an ammunition that consists of a collection of small caliber round shots packed tight in geometric arrangements into a canvas bag 
Wowzers. Oh my god. Well, now tell me about your exploits, said he. It's much bigger than grapes. It's the size of plums. They should have called it Plum Shop. I mean, it makes me think, what, were grapes massive in the past? <laughs> I think they must have been. <laughs> the size of plums. <laughs> yeah, and plums must have been bloody the size of buildings. Can you imagine? <laughs> Living in a plum. James and the Giant Peach was a documentary. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Oh my god, my god, Schmidt! <laughs> Not Schmidt! <laughs> Not Schmidt! <laughs> Some disagreement on the discussion page for Grape Shot. Impossible! No, <laughs> no, no, really, there is. There is, I know. Yeah, yeah, got you there. Someone says, I don't think this is correct. They're bigger than grapes. I agree! <laughs> <laughs> what a calamity. Not only do they use the things I mentioned, sometimes they use bits of bone, bits of metals, garbage, a dead cat. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is I bollocks. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. Shooting, shooting dead cats out of cannons. Who, Who would do that? Who's doing that? Fill the cannon up with bones! <laughs> Why? Basically, they just lob any old stuff that they can get their hands on in there. There's probably pies flying through the air and (laughs) bits of sausage. Absolute nonsense, Steve. Be quiet for good. I've finished (laughs) reading. Uh, Steve, I've just read a bit of book two. Do you want me to tell you everything I know? I would bloody love you to. That's a bloody coincidence, eh? (laughs) Because you'd like to tell me. (laughs) I would. All right. Steve, if you were to give the Russians a war rating so far, what would it be? Zero is really bad. Yeah. Ten, really, really very good. You know what? I'm going to give them a four because their uniforms look good and they turned up, but they were late and they have (laughs) since turning up, all they've done is run away. Well, there you go. Four, I think, is, is very generous of you. It's going very poorly. The Smurfs, I'm sorry, the French, <laughs> outnumber the Russians. So we've got 100,000 French to 35,000 Russians, so roughly three to one. Yeah. We've run out of supplies. We essentially had no idea what to expect. And so we are doing another very, very, very big retreat. Oh, the good. Biggest, <laughs> okay. The biggest wow. yet. What a good strategy. The Russian army of 35,000 men commanded by Kutsuzov was hurriedly retreating along the Danube. Brave, smart. Stopping where overtaken by the enemy and fighting rearguard actions only as far as necessary to enable it to retreat without losing its heavy equipment. Brilliant. So they can't actually run away faster than the French either. (laughs) No, we can't even run away properly. But every now and then we'll have a little fight just to protect our things. I'm not impressed with the strategy so far. There had been actions at Lambach, Amstetten and Melk, but despite the courage and endurance, acknowledged even by the enemy, with which the Russians fought, the only consequence of these actions was a yet more rapid retreat. <laughs> right. In what way did the enemy acknowledge how great they were at fighting? It's lovely that, isn't it? <laughs> we don't get any direct quotes, but no. you know, I think it's quite nice of the French to just go, oh, 
I mean, they are cowards, but boy, do they run well. Eh? Yeah, like thumbs em. up over the battlefield or like a particularly glowing trumpet solo. <laughs> My lord, these Russians retreat with such grace. Is that a quote? No, I made it up. <laughs> okay. Kutsuzov's only option now is to retreat and try and join up with the forces that are advancing from Russia and not get his ass kicked like Mac had done at oh. Ulm. So that's the plan now. Yeah. Get the hell out of there and don't get beaten anymore okay well if there are more troops in russia to be had then maybe that makes sense i think it makes sense but really we're running away steve would you like to know the date Ooh, is it uh november the 12th Ooh. 1805 oh okay no okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> no obviously okay uh, it's october the 28th oh okay not bad Kutsuzov, with his army, crossed to the left bank of the Danube and took up a position for the first time with the river between himself and the main body of the French. Ooh, now, Steve, scary. you know in those uh, those sports films that I assume you like? Um, what? What? You know, films about sports and your teams. The Olympics? Yeah, sure. And, Football. You know, and your team's doing really bad in the film. Films? And, you know, everyone says, you're, you're crap at this sport, you idiots. You'll never win. Like Mighty Ducks. Right, yeah, like stuff like that. The bobsleigh one. The bobsleigh film with all the ducks in it. Yeah, you're, you're rubbish at this sport. And, and the <laughs> yeah. team are no, like, not. Oh, oh, come on. We'll be better later in the film. Maybe after a... a montage sure or some sort of lame speech from one of the kids yeah give a lame speech like one of those kids would steve come on look we've been beaten every single time that we've we've done it but (laughs) that's not because we're bad at fighting it's because we are not working together as a team and if we work together as a team we can do anything eye of the tiger starts to play (laughs) we're attacking mortier's division Uh, That's a French general and his men. So we're going on the offensive now. We're about to fight back. Eye of the Tigers playing in the background. In this action for the first time, trophies were taken, banners, cannon and two enemy generals. For the first time, after a fortnight's retreat, the Russian troops had halted and after a fight had not only held the field, but had repulsed the French. We have won. Yes, the war's uh, over. A very, very the war small is over, fight. Will. <laughs> the war's over. We can all go home. What oh, a Steve, war I'm, that was. I'm, I'm so sorry. We, look, we've won a very, very small fight. That happened very quickly. We've won, mate. Just like that. Boom. Wow. Did we lose a third of our men to illness and injury? Of course. <laughs> of course we did. <laughs> Have we abandoned quite a lot of them on the other side of the river and just sort of hope the French will look after them? Absolutely. Are the military hospitals overran? Yes, they are. <laughs> but are our spirits high? Very high. <laughs> so, <laughs> so high. Everyone is well chuffed. Turns out old Andy Pandy was in the bloody battle. Oh, well done, mate. Well done, Andy. He was with the Austrian general Schmidt. Okay. Doesn't matter who Schmidt was because he's dead. Oh. He was killed in the battle. I thought you'd you'd give me a bit more lead into that shocking news, Will. (laughs) Sorry, mate. I just set you up, knock it down. Schmidt's dead. I was just starting to get to know Schmidt from earlier on, but sure, sure. 
We'll be hearing a lot of his name in this episode. Steve didn't ask, which is a little bit rude, but Andy Pandy's fine, by the way. Oh, that's good. Yeah. However, uh, his arm was slightly grazed by a bullet. Okay. And his horse was injured. No. I know. And annoyingly, we're not told how the horse is or what the horse's name was. We'll obviously have to give the horse a name. Steve, if you wouldn't mind. Well, we've got Darren, haven't we? So Mm. um, So you shouldn't call it Darren, yeah. (laughs) No, Darren's taken. That's the only name you shouldn't use, really. Um, Janet? Yeah, Janet. It's a lovely name. And look, we don't know how Janet's doing. Uh, She was injured. Uh, We'll keep you up to date. Okay. Uh, as in when we hear anything else. <laughs> okay. I like the horses much more than the people, to be honest. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Andy has been given the special favour of taking the news of the victory to the Austrian court, which has been moved from Vienna to Brunn. They've bravely retreated the court as well. They um, have everything. <laughs> Everyone's slowly, retreated. The whole country's just slowly retreating into the sea. <laughs> Everyone head back. Now, Steve, I know what you're thinking. Will, there are roughly 15 Bruns. Which Brun? <laughs> I was thinking that. Which Brun are you talking about? Satra Brun in yes, Sweden. Palfing Brun is in Austria. Johnstorf Brun. Even that that's, one? That's in Austria. Uh, there's a Brun in mecklenburg vorpommern in Germany. Is it that one? <laughs> Is it that one? There's so many Bruns, Will. How are we supposed to know? Well, I had to read the footnote. I don't want any more geographical mistakes. Turns out it's none of them. Oh. And it's actually a place called B-R-N-O. Bruno. Uh, it's the capital of Moravia in the Czech Republic. Give us another go, Steve, just so we can compare the two. Bruno. All right. This is how it's pronounced. Berno. 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 <laughs> Berno. Berno. It's like from somewhere in Northern Berno. England. Berno. Berno. I was on my way to... Berno. To have a good time. Berno. <laughs> Berno. Oh, lovely. Berno. <laughs> Berno. Uh, that's how you pronounce it. Berno. We've known Andy Pandy for a while now, uh, but Tolstoy gives us a bit more description here. Despite his apparently delicate build, Prince Andrew could endure physical fatigue far better than many very muscular men. Okay. He's an endurance kind of lithe sort of marathon runner. (laughs) He is. He's a little bit wimpy, but boy, can he stay up for ages. Upright for a long time. And muscular men, they just go straight to bed and they're in bed aren't they they're in bed early because they've got so much muscle (laughs) it makes perfect sense andy is excited to deliver the message of victory who wouldn't be but he's not weary because he could stay up late off to berno berno the night was dark and starry the road showed black in the snow that had fallen the previous day the day of the battle Ah. thought that was very nice that's nice yeah i can picture it Steve, it's important where possible for us to map the emotional journeys of our heroes. Mm. Can you give us a quick run through of Andy Pandy's mental well-being so far? Heroes is a strong word for Andy (laughs) Pandy, but I'll I'll go with it. Uh, Well, look, he's a bit of a troubled soul in some ways because he's, he's married to a wife that he doesn't love. Yep. And they have a bit of a difficult relationship. Oh, yeah. And his dad is a real, real troublesome character. Psychopath, one could <laughs> yes, say. you could say psychopath. So <laughs> yeah. I reckon probably going to war is a bit of a relief for him. 
Yeah, he's certainly been on a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't he? Andy's riding along in a fancy carriage on his way to Berno. Wow. Enjoying the feelings of a man who has at length begun to attain a long, desired happiness. Yeah, he's good at war. It's his calling. He bloody loves it. Then he began to imagine that the Russians were running away and that he himself was killed. But he quickly roused himself with a feeling of joy. No need to imagine it, mate. The Russians are running away. <laughs> and, and it's always a sign that you are mentally stable to just suddenly have a flashback of being murdered. Sure. Um, every now and then. And then immediately feel euphoric. And then, <laughs> and then incredibly straight, low. And then straight back up. So yeah. he's doing well. Uh, and then he fell into a blissful sleep. Oh, okay. The dark, starry night was followed by a bright, cheerful morning. Lovely. You're like this, Steve. I've learnt this trick from you. Let's close our eyes. Oh, I'd love to. Finally, Will, you're reciprocating. Imagine the sights, the smells and the sounds. The snow was thawing in the sunshine. Mm. The horses galloped quickly. Oh, there they go. And on both sides of the road were forests of different kinds, mm. fields and villages. Ooh, hello. We ride past some wounded Russians who have fought in the battle and they're all sick and pale. Hello there. And really upset and very, very <laughs> injured. Uh, nice to see you. <laughs> you, can, you can all stop being calm now. Uh, hello there. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hi, hi. Good day, good day. Andy Pandy stops and gives one of the soldiers three gold coins. That's nice. Why not? Get well soon, lads, and Andy's off. What a great guy. Cut. It's really dark. Where are we now, Steve? Transylvania. Berno. Okay. <laughs> Just seeing. I was checking to see if you were paying attention. I thought they might have stopped in Transylvania, but I was wrong. Yes, you were wrong. Berno seems like an absolutely lovely place. High buildings. It's got some shops, some houses, some street lamps. Yeah. Fine, fine carriages. Really Good. Lovely top of top of the range, top of the range carriages in Berno, mate. Four wheels. Some of them oh. got six wheels. Yeah, if you want, I'll get you one with six. Yeah, yeah. God, double yeah. decker. Ah, oh, double decker carriages. What from yeah. Berno, probably? Yeah, TVs in the back of the seats. Everyone's got a TV on their backs in Berno. Tinted windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could go on. Andy bloody loves it. Boy, is he excited. This is a uh, quite a sweet bit now. Andy is playing out an imaginary conversation in his head with the emperor, uh, Emperor Francis. Okay. He's convinced he'll be taken straight to him and he's convinced they'll love him. So he's kind of going back and forth in his head like, oh, hello, emperor. And they're like, yeah, we love you, Andy. He's had quite a privileged upbringing, I think, to assume that. Yeah, narcissistic he is, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I assume I'll be taken straight to the king with this message. <laughs> yeah, and everyone will be cheering. Yeah, we yeah, love yeah. you, we'll Andy. 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 Yeah, Andy. To the king, to the king. <laughs> Andy should be the king, am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the message to yourself, you king. Andy, Andy. So, Andy's having a little narcissistic daydream. Andy gets to the palace gates. Steve, <laughs> will he be taken to Emperor Francis? Will the Emperor embrace him and salute him and make a statue of him? I don't think he will, actually. 
<laughs> I think maybe there's been a mix-up. <sighs> of course not. He's taken instead to the Minister of War. And Andy does not take this well. He feels deeply, deeply offended. He'd never let his pride get in the way of an important military mission or anything like that, would he? Away from the smell of powder, they probably think it easy to gain victories. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> I don't know why I did the voice so weird. It's Andy Pandy. Isn't that oh, how right. we do his voice? <laughs> <laughs> he sounds awful. <laughs> he sounds unwell. <laughs> he sounds severely ill. He enters the office. The Minister of War is busy shuffling papers and reading things. He barely even looks up or acknowledges Andy. Description time. We're focusing on the head. Okay. He's bald with grey temples. And he had an intellectual and distinctive head. He's got a big, big brain. Gigantic brain. (laughs) Huge, bald head with a massive brain bulging out. Huge, like mushroom. He looks up at Andy and puts on a, quote, stupid artificial smile. Okay. Andy fills him in about the victory and the death of Schmidt. Now, look, the following is really tough for Andy. Uh, I'm sorry, Andy. I'm sorry in advance for this. Uh, You were so happy. I'm so sorry. Ah, what a calamity. You say the affair was decisive, but Mortier is not captured. I am very glad you have bought good news, though Schmidt's death is a heavy price to pay. His Majesty will no doubt wish to see you, but not today. I thank you. You must have a rest. Au revoir. Thank you very much. I'm going to end all my conversations with au revoir. Au revoir. (laughs) Au revoir. (laughs) Thank you very much. And then you just turn away. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Andy. He leaves the palace deflated and he's asked to come back the following day for a a levy or a levee and a parade, but not in his honour. Just a casual parade. It's a casual parade happening tomorrow, Andy. We'd love it if you could be there, but we don't really care. They're losing the war, but they've won one battle. It's time for a parade. Scene change. Andy is staying in Brno with his pal, Billabin. Billabin? Billabin. Steve, what was an absolute banging catchphrase from season one? Uh, this is so diplomat. Oh, mate, that was such a diplomat phrase. Well, Billabin is a real-life diplomat. No. He's 35 years old. He's a bachelor. Great. He's known Andy from Petersburg. He's on a similar journey to Andy, but in the diplomatic service. They're both rising stars. It was not the question what for, but the question how that interested him. He's a can-do sort of guy. Steve, you and I have something in common with Bilibin. Oh, does he host a podcast about war and peace? It's funny you should say that, Steve, because he absolutely should. Everyone should. Bilibin liked conversation as he liked work, only when it could be made elegantly witty. (sighs) His conversation was always sprinkled with witty, original, finished phrases of general interest. Give this man a podcast! You know what I wrote in my notes, Steve? (laughs) Give him a podcast. (laughs) His witticisms were hawked about in the Viennese drawing rooms, just like one assumes Wappen 7 is today. (laughs) Actually, Steve, I think Billabin's more like you. Okay, his thin, worn, sallow no. face was covered <laughs> with deep, deep wrinkles. 
You're always so mean to me, aren't you? <laughs> what Tolstoy manages to do now is a stroke of pure genius. Yeah. He goes on to describe his wrinkles in more detail, which always looked as clean and well-washed as the tips of one's fingers Ooh. after a Russian bath. Wow, I've got so many questions. So <laughs> a Russian bath must be amazing. It gets you really clean. What a bath that must be. But does that suggest that he's been individually cleaning his wrinkles? Or that he looks like a hand. Like his head's a big hand. <laughs> it's like a hand. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. He's a big hand and he's cleaning his wrinkles every day. And I really do want to stress the fact that Tolstoy really, really does go on in some detail how wrinkly he is. So he's a very, very, very wrinkly man. They have a catch up. Get your quote book out, Steve. Okay. Andy is explaining his encounter with the Minister of War. They received me and my news as one receives a dog in a game of Skittles. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Not very well. Uh, I Is that because the dog will run in and it will play with all the Skittles or something like that and knock them all over? It would become a Skittle. And, you know, how are you meant to play Skittles, Steve, when... Do you want me to explain it to you, Steve? Or did no, you, no, I think did I understand really not now. Get it? I understand dogs aren't very good at Skittles. I get it. So now it's just two rich lads who used to be mates having a chat. So obviously they have to chat in French. It's the language of love, isn't it? And it's uh, Valentine's <laughs> Valentine's oh, week. So what a link. Well, here you go. Just for you, Valentiners out there. <laughs> Malgré la haute estimée que je professe pour the Orthodox Russian army, j'avoue que votre victoire n'est pas de plus victorieuses. I've always wanted to say that to you, Steve. <laughs> That's beautiful, beautiful <laughs> words. Thank you. As you often do to me, mate. Well, why didn't you have a go at translating it then, pal? I've completely forgotten what you said. Russian army, <laughs> I hope they win. It's not going well. Uh, I'm going to give you naught out of a hundred for that translation, Steve. It's bad. Here it is. Despite the high esteem I hold for the Orthodox Russian army, I confess that your victory is not the most victorious. Ah, uh, okay. Bombshell. Andy Pandy is absolutely clueless as to why no one seems to care. I confess, I do not understand. Perhaps there are diplomatic subtleties here beyond my feeble intelligence, but I can't make it out. Mac loses a whole army. The Archduke Ferdinand and the Archduke Karl give no signs of life and make blunder after blunder. Kutsuzov alone at last gains a real victory, destroying the spell of the invincibility of the French, and the Minister of War does not even care to hear the details. We stole a cannon! We've got a cannon for Peter's sake. Look at it. Well, the reason they don't care, Steve, is because it's the Russians winning. Basically, Bilibin goes on to say, look, pal, if you want people to like you here, come back and tell us the Austrians have done good stuff. Yeah. Ferdinand yeah. or Carl. What's Carl been up to? What's Carl doing? Yeah. Yeah. What what good Where's stuff's Carl? Carl Where's done? Carl in all this? We love Carl over <laughs> Tell here. Tell us about Carl. We want to <laughs> we want to hear more about Carl. Magical Carl <laughs> and Carl's magical adventures. So that's why essentially nobody cares. Okay, cuz he's not Carl. Another reason the Austrians simply don't care is that Vienna's fallen to the French and they're super super angry that Schmidt is dead. Everyone loved Schmidt. Well, tell me about it. What a guy. 
I'm Miss Schmidt and I've only ever said his name. I only met him <laughs> minutes ago, but I really miss the guy. The world's a worse place without him. Now, Steve, Andy Pandy didn't know about Vienna and he is shocked. Jaw open. Oh, on the floor. <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, that's what I meant. The French even held a bloody parade there, Steve, in Vienna. Because they killed Schmidt. Just rubbing it in. Can you can you believe it? One of the world's greatest people, Schmidt, dead. And the French are just in Vienna. Carl's lost. All dressed as Smurfs. And where's Carl <laughs> in all of Carl? this? Where's Carl? <laughs> it's an absolute joke. Well, now Andy gets it. Steve, what does all warfare in war and peace either take part on or near? Water. Yeah, I like it. And what goes over the water? Rivers. Rivers, valleys. What goes over the... Bridges, 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 <laughs> boats, <it> bridges. <laughs> bridges. This is all Andy really cares about. How is it Vienna was taken? What of the bridge? And it's celebrated bridgehead. Such a great bridgehead. Well, thankfully, Steve, the bridge is currently safe. But guess what they're planning to do? Well, if they can remember it for long enough, I assume they're going to burn it down or blow it up or something. <laughs> of course, of course, that's the plan. It's, it's, it's quite literally always the plan. Run, run, run. <laughs> Move it. your capitals, run away. <laughs> burn stuff and run. Now, we're almost at the end now. This is some very interesting diplomatic war intel. So Bilibin and Pandy have this back and forth for a while. And Bilibin eventually says, listen, mate, There is a meeting between the Emperor Alexander and the King of Prussia in Berlin. If Prussia joins the Allies, Austria's hand will be forced and there will be war. What side is Russia on now then? This is about what side Austria is on. What I figured out is essentially Austria's had a really, really bad time of this war. Their country's been ransacked. Yeah. And what's been achieved? Nothing. They've always hated the bloody Russians. Austria's ruined. They've lost Vienna. So Austria are now kind of on the fence throughout this whole thing. Maybe they'll join Napoleon and get Vienna back and they don't really care because it's all so rubbish either way. Well, essentially that. And there's one more rumour, Steve, and this will make your bloody trousers fall off. <laughs> Carl's dead. <laughs> <laughs> what's the last word of the title of the book? Peace. Peace. Apparently, there are some secret negotiations happening with the French for peace. Naughty. Oh my God. When Prince Andrew reached the room prepared for him and lay down in a clean shirt on the feather bed with its warmed and fragrant pillows, he felt that the battle of which he had brought tidings was far, far away from him. The alliance with Prussia, Austria's treachery, Bonaparte's new triumph, tomorrow's levee and parade, and the audience with the Emperor Francis occupied his thoughts. Then he has a lovely dream about being in the battle again and getting (laughs) shot at with his mate Schmidt. Wicked. And he feels alive in the dream. He bloody loves it. And then he wakes up, smiles about his horrible dream, and (laughs) goes back to sleep. What a great day. He is not well. What a day. He loves war. He loves it. He's shocked about secret peace being planned. I thought that Austria were on Russia's side. What's going on? You know, Austria just like, guys, guys, you've smashed our country to bits. We don't even care anymore. Don't even want a war. I I can't really blame them, to be honest. You know, with with Schmidt dead and Karl disappeared, uh, (laughs) 
the, the morale in the country must be completely shot. So please bring us stories of Carl, of the wonderful <laughs> Carl. If only Carl would return, then maybe then we could fight. We must hear stories of the magnificent Carl. Put on their blue t-shirts and their white hats and paint their skin blue and join the French. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. I've seen how to do it on Instagram. It's the summary summary. All right, Steve, I'm not going to neg you this week. I want to support you. I'm there for you. I'm sure oh, you'll nice. smash it. Are Thanks, you ready? Mate. Do you have a title? Are you ready? Yeah, I think so. I'm just looking through my notes. Yes, I'm ready to go. In three, two, one. They're running away bravely again. Oh, wow, they've won something. Andy's got to tell someone. Off he goes. Oh, they're hanging out. Blibbin's there. He's got a big wrinkly hand head. Vienna has fallen. Where's Carl? Scheming Cut. for peace. Dirty. Cut. The dirty backstabbers. Cut. The dirty beep. backstabbers. Beep. 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 Ah, <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. It was so loud and it just kind of knocked me off my chair but what was the title i don't even know if you said one i'm pretty sure i didn't say it the title was meant to be wrinkle in the plan wrinkle in the plan there we go because bill yeah. bin or billy bin i can't even say <laughs> yeah. his name now either <laughs> bin, he's got know. a big big hand for a head that's all it's all wrinkly. very wrinkly and there is a plan austria might yeah go back on and There's that's a, a plan. that's a small wrinkle <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, that's a wrinkle yeah and he's got loads of wrinkles yes 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 yeah yeah it's interesting, well, we've had a bit of the battle so far and now we're starting to see, you know, the, the peace element, the diplomatic element is coming through. Mm, behind closed doors, everyone's scheming away. And bless Austria, they have just basically had enough. Couldn't care less. Can't blame them. And you know what, Will? I've had enough as well. I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> have a Bye. good week, mate. You Have too. a good week, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of War and Peace. As ever, you can follow us on Instagram at WAPIN7Podcast. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please do share it with one, maybe two, maybe three friends, maybe even five friends. Sorry to interrupt, Steve. <laughs> maybe even six friends. That's an even better idea. So tell, <laughs> tell people about it. It really does help the podcast out. And we'd love for as many people to find the podcast as possible. And to do that, we need you. So thank you. See you next week. Will? Just for you. Here are the silly bits. You bring stories of of the magical Carl? But he is lost. <laughs> we must hear stories of the magnificent Carl. <laughs> but what of Carl? You but talk what? of this battle, but what of Carl? What of Carl? <laughs> don't bother going to those Skittle Dog Clubs. Honestly, there's no point. I went last week. I don't I felt Rubbish. stupid even turning up. Rubbish. Just a waste of time. It's just a load of dogs playing with Skittles, to be honest with you. There's no organization or anything. Not a single dog there knew the rules. No, single talk. <laughs> Honestly, I actually don't think they were playing Skittles. The game was unrecognisable. I think it was just a load of dogs, to be honest. 